Lord God, we just thank you and we praise you. We honor you today for who you are. We thank you for what you've done. God, some of us, some of us haven't been to church. Some of us go to church every week. Some of us here don't even know what this is even all about, what it's for. But God, today, but God, today, we're all here. Lord God, your word says that you are not a respected person, so you are not looking at us today as one being better than the other. You know us. Do not mistake. Lord God, I know you know us individually. You know every hair on our head. But Lord God, there is not one here that you have favored or put ahead of another. Your son, Jesus Christ, came then gave his life for each and every person under the sound of my voice. God, we are grateful for that today. We're here because of that today. God, we want to lift you up. We want to honor you. We want you to know with one heart and with one mind, you are truly amazing. You are loving. We understand that you're gracious, merciful. And God, we say to you all together right here, let's say thank you. We say thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We honor you, we honor you, we honor you. Lord God, have your way in the rest of this service. Lord God, I pray that we would hear your voice today. Lord, I pray that it would be you that would speak. Minister to your people, Lord God. Minister to your people. I pray that I would decrease, Lord God, that you would increase in me. And I pray, Lord God, for each and every person out here, under the sound of my voice, Lord God, that you, are, you have already begun to, to touch their hearts and their ears so that they could hear your word. We pray all this in your son Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Thank you, worship team. We have a wonderful worship team. I'm going to keep that. She's trying to take my stand. What, what is going on? We're going to let the uh, young, young people, the children, go to their classes downstairs. We're grateful for it. I'm going to keep that. I'm going to keep that. You're the, they keep trying to take my stand. I'm telling you. Listen. I am so grateful for, I'm grateful for a worship team. I'm grateful for a church body. I'm grateful 
for people at the altar, spending time with God. Listen, this encourages me. I love this. I love to know that we're hungry for Christ. We're hungry for understanding. We're hungry to have him come into our lives and to change our lives. I'm grateful that all of you have come today. And the reason I'm grateful for that is because I know that what God has given me to share with you today, it's going to be for every person in this room. I do hope, I do hope that if you came to hear, uh, you know, one of those typical Easter messages, uh, I hope that I don't run you out the door because that's not what I'm about to do. Uh, we, We all... We all know that today is Resurrection Sunday. I am not going to take away from that at all. I don't want to avoid the fact that, obviously, Jesus died on the cross for us. And I don't want to avoid all the gruesome details or anything like that. um, Or the lighthearted ones. However, you know, whatever you're accustomed to hearing. But right now, God has got me in a place where my heart is to challenge. My heart is to challenge those that believe he's real. I'm not just going to say this church. I'm not going to just say saved people. I'm not going to say followers. I'm going to say those that believe God is real. Because you can be in this room and you're like, I believe he's real, but I mean, I just, I don't know where I stand. You can be in this room and you can be like, I've been saved, but you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's a wide spectrum, I believe, in this room right now. And I believe that what I'm going to share with you today can provoke any one of those categories. Because if you believe God is real, if you believe that his son died on the cross and then was resurrected, then I ask you this. This is the title and the closing of my message. Knowing that, realizing that's what was done, then you would have to realize that that was a bit of a sacrifice. And my question to you that I will open with and close with is, is it a sacrifice in vain? Is it a sacrifice in vain? Before I get into reading the Word, I've got quite a bit of Scripture that I want to share with you. But before I get into that, I want to ask you a question. I want to kind of give you a scenario, and I want to see what your thought is on that scenario. 
if you've been put in a situation or a circumstance and someone you love or care for, or maybe it's, maybe it's not even somebody you know, what if it's just a child? A person you love, someone you know, or maybe not, and just a child, and they are about to be put in harm's way. Something is about to happen to them, and you say to yourself, take me instead. Take me, don't take them. Kill me, don't kill them. Harm me, don't harm them. You've just made a sacrifice. And in making that sacrifice, there had to have been purpose. It wasn't just they're young. Nine times out of ten, it was they're young, they've got their whole lives ahead of them. Maybe it was somebody that you loved and you thought, man, they've got so much more to offer. I'm not even that important. Take me and not them so that they can continue, so that they can achieve. In a scenario like that, then, people who are surrounding that person or who have heard about that scenario might look and say, man, they've been given opportunity to do something great. God is going to use them. There was a guy that I heard, he's a speaker, and he, his ministry, if you will, was birthed out of a crisis. Crisis. It was birthed out of a crisis, and the situation was, some of you may have heard about the story. It was in the news some years back where a church, it was one of the first churches, not first churches, but, you know, it's been kind of a a seemingly regular thing nowadays to happen. But at this time, it was fairly fresh, fairly new for someone to walk into a church and just shoot it up. So there's multiple people that got killed, and this young man, his mom was one of those people. And now he goes around speaking, and his speaking is to encourage people to come together. It's to encourage unity. And he goes around, and every time he goes speaks, he lets everybody know that what I am doing is in honor of my mother. Because I don't want her death to be... And so, here we are, Jesus has made a sacrifice. I talked to you about the possibility of someone that you're willing to give your life up for to make a sacrifice. And I want to ask you a question. If that person, the young person or the loved one that you know, if that person was to... They're young, they grow up to be a teenager, and they they get caught up in drugs. They become an addict. 
and they die an addict. Was the sacrifice in vain? It's a trick question. Don't be too quick to answer. The loved one, they choose to go down a path that is really opposite of who you are and what you would have hoped for them. Do you feel that the sacrifice is in vain? Okay, forget it. Let's keep this positive. Let's keep it positive because I can feel you guys are like, what is he doing? He's draining the life out of this wonderful Easter Sunday. They do. They do everything right. They do everything right. And everybody's like, their sacrifice did not go in vain. They got to live and everything's going great for them. They're living. They're living a good life. They've got a good job. They're making good money. They're living well. Is the sacrifice now good? I want to read some scripture to you. Because we're talking about a sacrifice and the story I gave you, it's very vague. It's kind of universal. We don't know what, who these people were. We don't know what they were about. The person who gave their life, we don't know anything about them. But I think that everybody here knows a little something about Jesus Christ. A little something. If there's anybody here right now that knows nothing about Jesus Christ, can you raise your hand? Okay, we're good. Because I'm telling you, it was going to be a long service because I was going to let them know who Jesus was. So you're lucky. I'm just saying. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 53, verses 1 through 12. I'm going to read a little scripture to you. Verse 1. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about, this, about his appearance, nothing to attract, it, to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him 
the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants. That his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had, gone, he had done no wrong and never deceived anyone. But he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. This is the sacrifice. This is the sacrifice that Jesus gave. Just a portion of it, right? Like, there's so many more details, but this is it. This is the just of what happened. Let's continue. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin... He will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life. Pause. Pause. We talk about, is the sacrifice in vain? Well, if it's not in vain, that means something came of it. Right? This is the something. Or a portion of the something. Yet, when his life is made an offering... For sin, he will have many descendants. That's a plus for God, right? That's a plus for Jesus. He will enjoy a long life, and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied, again, not in vain. And because of his, his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honor of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. There, I've given you the two sides. I've given you the sacrifice, and I've given you, the, the, you know, that good feeling. So what more is there? What more is there? If, if Jesus gave his life and now he's happy because everybody is now going to be sin-free, we're good. We're good. I'm going to read a little bit more scripture. Ah. I told Tom this morning, he said, are you ready for this morning? I said, hey, I'm ready, man. I was the only problem is I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure the route I want to take. You know? You know the destination, but you just don't know the route. When I come from here to my house, there's multiple different ways I can go. And I'm just like, which way do I want to go today? All right. I'm just going to come straight for it. Go ahead and grab your throat. because I'm just joking. 
Is his sacrifice in vain? Jesus gave his life so that each and every one of us could be sin-free. Yes? Jesus gave his life so that each and every one of us could have communion and relationship with the Father. Yes? So if every one of us have access to that, how could he possibly have died in vain? Let me share. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 through 4. This scripture I'm going to read to you, and the last one, is all very prophetic. Right? Isaiah is a prophet, something that he shared of the coming Christ. So I'm going to share with you yet another prophecy, and then I'm going to follow it up with the real life situation. Isaiah 61, verse 1 through 4. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago. They will revive them, though they have, not, though they have been deserted for many generations. Go to Luke chapter 4, verse 18 through 19. Again, all kinds of good stuff. Because he gave his life, all kinds of good stuff can happen because he gave his life. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 through 19, Jesus says in one of his first documented sermons, he just came out of the situation where the enemy was trying to tempt him. He's gone and done a few uh, preaching, speaking engagements in different synagogues. And then he goes to this one and they documented it. He stands before the people. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Here's my challenge to you. 
Jesus did his part. He died on the cross. He came, he preached a message. He preached a powerful message. Matter of fact, if you watch The Chosen, it was this message that started the, I don't even know what to call it, the, 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 the things that were going to begin to happen to him, it was this message that really started it. Because he went into the heart of where all of this is going to boil over, and he preached a message that specifically said, I am he. I am the one that was prophesied. I'm here. And they looked at him, and they said, this guy has got to go. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. For those of you that don't know the story, when he died, when he gave his life, he did so with some very clear directives. He made clear how we cannot allow his death to be in vain. So now, I ask you the question again before I continue. Is his sacrifice in vain? What do you mean, Pastor Dwayne? Jesus had 12 disciples that followed him. As he went on preaching this word, as he took that, when he took that step, as when he did that thing, when he preached that message, when he fully, fully exposed himself, these men followed him. They walked with him. They listened to him. They were his students. They called him master. Some of them gave up their jobs. Some of them left family members. Some of them had nothing at all, really, and just was like, I need to follow this man. Some of them were not good enough. They were not qualified. They were not right. They were the worst of the worst sinners in most people's eyes. But they followed him. If you go to Matthew chapter 19, verse 27, Peter, again, I love the story of Peter, and and since I watched The Chosen, I... I have a a, a picture of Peter. I don't know if it's the exact picture, but I have this picture of Peter, of this man who was, you know, just kind of angry, but then, you know, with good reason, right? In, in In the show, his wife gets pregnant and Jesus doesn't heal her. So now he's out doing the work of the ministry knowing the fact that the man he's working for could have taken care of his situation but chose not to. For whatever reason, he chose not to. So he's got reason to be angry if the story went like that. 
But it, it allowed me to think more. And it allowed me to think about this. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 27, Then Peter said to him, We've given up everything to follow you. What will we get? What will we get? If I give up everything to follow you, what do I get? I don't know. Life? Eternal life? But here's the thing. I only shared that because we all know what the disciples did. We all know that the disciples were there. They seen it. They went through it. They felt it. Eventually, they died because of it. Tough question. Can you say this? Can you say this? Can you say, we've given up everything for you? What will we get? I mean, we know that that's not the thing that we want to say, but I mean, can we even say that? Can we get that far? Can we even say, you know, I mean, they could have, they're justified. Not truly, right? We know that, not truly. But compared to me, they're justified. Can we even say that? Let's look at the next verse. Jesus replied, I assure you that when the world is made new and the Son of Man sits upon his glorious throne, you who have been my followers will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. So there it is. The sacrifice has been made. We choose Jesus. And we live happily ever after. You, 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 you. You know what I mean? Like we all live happily ever after. Everything's good. We get the good job. We, or maybe we don't, right? But we live good. I'm going to heaven. I'm good. I'll see you there. I still ask you the question, is it a sacrifice in vain? If we stop there, yes. If that's it, yes. What? Pastor Dwayne? That's not it. Yes. Yes, it is. The problem is, is we don't think past this. We don't think past the fact that I've given my life to Jesus. I'm good. I checked the boxes. I said yes. You know, if we're going to use the marriage you know, the bride. and I said I do. I am a part of the bride. I'm good. 
But what about everybody else? See, that's, what that's, that's, where we, that's where we drop the ball. And I don't think it's intentional because we celebrate. Hallelujah. Jesus died on the cross and he was resurrected with all power so that I don't have to die. Hallelujah. But that's not it. That's not it at all. That's not the end. That's not even the end game. I mean, yes, it is the end game, but it's not just for you and for me. That wasn't the plan. He died on the cross for everyone to have access to this. But when he left, he was no longer walking the streets, healing and saving the people. He was no longer, let's go back, let's go back to uh, Isaiah 61. He was no longer the one saying this. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. To comfort the brokenhearted. To proclaim that the, you know where I'm going. You know what the rest of the Scripture says. No. What happened was, is when he died, when he did all of that, when he said all of that, he said, it is finished. My work here is done. The door has been opened. The veil's been ripped. Everything is a go for you. Not only is it a go for you, but all the power that I was resurrected with in my hand, all of that wonderful power that I snatched from the enemy, I'm giving to you. Because now that I've given access, I need everyone else to know how to get here. Because I'm no longer walking the earth telling people this. So now, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to stand up. Please. With Isaiah 61, 1 through 4, on the screen, us knowing what has happened, us knowing the sacrifice that was made, us knowing that when he died, when he left, he said, I will send you a helper. I will send you a helper to do what? Go to heaven? I will send you a helper to what? Just be able to survive? I will send you a helper to do what? Just make it until I come back? No. If you have accepted Jesus Christ into your life, you have accepted him as Lord and Savior, you confess that the Lord is living in you and through you, then you need to, with me, read this as a statement, as a declaration with understanding that this is your calling just as much as it was his. 
And that if he died and gave a sacrifice and we don't, then he died in vain. The Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, Dayton, Ohio, and anywhere you might live, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, the cities, and the villages, repairing cities destroyed long ago. They will revive them, though they have been deserted for many generations. <clears throat> Stay standing, because I'm going to close right here. Is it a sacrifice in vain? Only you can answer that question. And I challenge you for the rest of your days, every single day, I hope that that question haunts you if you have not. If you have, then let that, let that question bring you joy, affirmation. Let that question be something that you can hang your hat on at the end of the day. Knowing that that day you put in work. Knowing that that day, what Jesus did on the cross has been yet again, one more time, justified. Now I know there's a lot that you can take from this. I know that it can be taken wrong and distorted and all that good stuff. But this is it. This is it. This is the destination. Every day you wake up, do you go out? Do you live your life as if someone gave theirs for you? Do you live your life as if the very clear direction that was given when they gave their life. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't take them. Don't take them. Listen to me. I want you to live. I want you to live and I want you to tell everyone what I've done for you. I want everyone to be able to have this. I want everyone to be willing to do this. I want everyone to have this because if they do, And only you, only you are held accountable to let this be known. Why? Because I'm doing this for you.
I understand that each and every one of us in here have been given the same gift. But just as He individually knows you, He individually died for you. And you are individually expected to live for Him. Every day. Let's wake up and ask ourselves the question. Was it a sacrifice in vain? And let us every day say, not at all. I may not have did it exactly as good as I could have, but I did something. I said something. I let it be known. And with that, we can grow stronger. We can become better. And we can become more like Him. So that, when he said, you will do greater things, that too won't be in vain. Let's bow our heads. Lord God, you've given us some very powerful things to think about. Our final destination today, Lord God, is that you did not just die. See, you did not just send your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us so that we could punch our ticket to heaven. You did not send your son, Jesus Christ, just so we could have a good life, nice things, and live lavishly. You sent your son to die on the cross for those things in some cases, but in some cases, you sent your son to die on the cross so that we would have the power, ability, and qualification to spread that good news to everyone we know. To pray for, call out, and, and, and do the work of the ministry for every single person we come in contact with. Lord God, I pray right now that every person under the sound of my voice, Lord God, if they've heard this message, Father, I pray, I pray that they would begin to apply these words to their life, that they would truly believe if they call themselves a Christian, if they call themselves a follower of Jesus Christ, that they would understand that they have a job to do. They have a job to do. Lord God, daily, daily minister to us. Daily remind us as we read our Bible. Remind us what you've done and why you've done it. And Father, the Scripture that we read is the very thing that is giving us clear direction. God, You've given us everything we need. Help us to remember that. Help us to live like that. Help us to go this day, the day that we celebrate the resurrection of Your Son, the greatness and all that it entails. Remind us daily. Pray all of this in your son Jesus' name. If there's anybody here that, you know, you need prayer, 
I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Amanda, I'm going to ask Pastor Jeff, if you would, uh, Pastor Ryan, please, if you'll come up front, Mama G, if you'll come up front. I'm just asking these people to come up here. We don't usually do this, but if there's anybody here and you want prayer before you leave, you want prayer about any specific area or part of this message, you just, you need, you need a, a, I don't know, whatever. I'm angry at Jesus and I don't know, I don't know how, if I want to go tell people about him. I'm confused about Jesus and I don't really understand and I need more understanding. I love Jesus with all my heart. But I got other stuff that's distracting me from doing these things, living this life. If that's you and you want prayer, listen, we're going we're gonna to close and, and we're going to move forward, but feel free, please come up. I'm going to be standing up here too and we want to pray with you. Don't let the hustle and the bustle, you know, don't worry about it. We're going to finish. If you need prayer, I want you to come up and get prayer. Lord God, I just pray that you would just go with these people today. I pray that you would minister to them, allowing them to have a wonderful Easter Sunday, that they would enjoy their family and friends, Lord God, I thank you and praise you for this beautiful day. I thank you and praise you for the body, Dayton, and all that you've done and all that you will do. We pray all this in your son Jesus' name, and the church said, amen. Thank you all very much for being here today. Thank you for joining us on this Easter Sunday with your family, your friends. You're always invited here at the body, Dayton. Uh-oh, uh-oh, Jesus. Have a wonderful day. And enjoy your Easter Sunday, guys. We love you. God bless you.